Oh, yes, sir. Stay right there. Come on. Stay right there. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome everybody to Talking Donkey International and our new television series, Country Wisdom. Let's set the tone for this new series of ours. It's found in Proverbs 4. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. Well, at least it's a beautiful day out. Beautiful day, it's hot. Well, it is that, you know, it's kind of blessings and cursings, right? But it's the same way in today's episode. There's blessings and cursings. The cursings are, well, you're gonna find out about that shortly. But we're at a war memorial in a tiny California county that have given, I haven't even counted up the names, this wall, another wall on the other side, people giving their lives in war. I think about some very interesting things, you know, as a little kid, I'm quite a bit older. I grew up thinking Russia, 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 this terrible country, this terrible people. And then one year we went over to film this people. And it was kind of amazing. The people were really nice. I mean, I had grown up being told how bad the people were. It's not the people, I don't think, it's the governments. There is something down underneath, sinister lurking, that you're going to be telling us about in the moment, you know. A billion people have died in wars around the world, I'm told. And I know why we have that kind of history. Men put in cages because of war. They seem to go together, don't they? War and slavery. You might naturally think of our civil war when those two words are put together, war and slavery. It's my first thought. But that war, the effects of which we're still feeling today, just look at the headlines, that wasn't the war that began slavery. That wasn't the first war. Those two things both started a long time ago, in heaven of all places. Scripture tells us there was war in heaven, because slowly, little by little, Satan, who had been one of the top angels, he began slowly feeding little doubts into the other inhabitants of heaven, slowly making them ask questions that had never occurred to them before, putting little seeds of doubt about whether God was really good or not, whether he was really fair or not. And before they knew it, the first little chains of slavery were being wrapped around their minds. And before they knew it, a third of them no longer made the decision to serve God. They had a new master. Our whole world is still under slavery. 
because he claims this world is his own. We are his slaves. And you know the really sad part? Most of us don't even know that we're slaves. You know, Janice, you're so right on about the devil and his deceptions. And my point is that same devil that started all of that, that was slowly deceiving and drawing away angels in heaven, brought that down here to even more gullible characters like us yeah, now, who don't realize we're being sucked in. That's right, and it's all mental. Much of it is mental. You know, we, we talk about the real war that the devil yanks us into, but it begins in a mental area. Let me give you an example. You hear many people, Stockholm Syndrome. Yes, well, in I know that phrase. Stockholm, Sweden in 1973, I believe it was, a guy had just gotten out of jail, needed some pocket chains, right? He wanders into a bank with his gun, herds everybody, including tellers and anybody who's in there to make deposits, into the, the vault. He holds him captive, he's getting his money, but all of a sudden the police show up. Now there's a huge standoff, and this standoff goes for one day, two days, three days. A really weird thing begins to happen because the people in there start liking the bank robber. The one who stuck them in the vault. The one who stuck them in the vault. At one point, he lets one lady, she, she really, she's, she's scared of all, she's claustrophobic. He ties a rope on her and he lets her wander out uh, 30 feet out around so she can feel a little more at ease. And she so appreciated that, that the captor done that. Later on, when he's finally captured, she tells the police how wonderful he was that he'd done that. He was so kind to he her. He was so kind to her. By letting her wander on a leash. In other cases, when the, when the police finally got to the point they think they're going to capture the man, everybody in the vault shades him and, and covers kind of and, and puts up this protection so that the police won't hurt him. They were actually angry at the police. Stockholm Syndrome. It begins mentally that we begin identifying with our captor. We begin thinking our captor is the good and guy. And thinking that the ones who are there to save you are the enemy. Exactly. exactly. You, you nailed it. Another situation I can remember as, as a young man was Patty Hearst. You know, the Patty Hearst heir of the Patty Hearst fortune or the horse fortune, I should say. When I was a kid, I remember seeing this play out on the news. Yeah, the Symbionese Liberation Army captured her, held her for ransom, but someplace along the way, the next scene you see, and you can find it in still in newspapers and things today, she's in there with her submachine gun robbing a bank. She ends up, they, they bring up this defense of, of Stockholm Syndrome at her trial. Well, it didn't work. She actually went to jail. I'd forgotten that. Totally alters the, the mental capacity of people. They don't understand it, but they identify with the captors. Now, here we are, the situation down here on earth. You talked about it in heaven. The devil was so angry with God because he wanted all the power for himself. He knew he could be better than God. He just knew it. He convinces, as you said, a third of the angels to follow him. Now they're kicked out of heaven. They all come down here to planet earth and think, this is a good place for our, for our realm, right? This is a good place for us to, to control. Well, God had just created Adam and Eve, the, the first wonderful, beautiful couple. He comes to them, he appears to them, and in his mind games, he convinces them basically to follow him. To switch sides. To switch sides. Adam had been the prince of planet earth. God had given him the whole thing, given Eve everything and they turned it over to him. Turned it over to the devil and said, basically, you know, well, we'll accept your version of the truth. 
They chose a new master. Exactly, they chose a new master. It's sad, but it's very true. It's a powerful image, isn't it? Not just of war and what it does to us emotionally and mentally. That could be an image of people's lives today. People who aren't experiencing any kind of war in the country they're living in, but who are experiencing it in their own homes. Stockholm Syndrome isn't just for hostages and kidnapping victims. It happens every day in millions of people's homes. People who have so slowly gotten sucked in to domestic violence, to domestic abuse, that they no longer even recognize that they are hostages. There's a term called trauma bonding. It was a new one to me. But it, it's what happens in a relationship when through coercion, through manipulation, through threats, through physical violence sometimes, but not always, that a victim is slowly made more and more dependent on their captor, slowly begin to believe they can't live without them, that everything goes wrong really is their fault. If they were just better, if they did more, if they worked harder, that everything would be better because it isn't this person's fault. They, they quit recognizing who the real enemy is. And even the abuser, most often male, but not always. It is hardly just a women's issue. But as a woman, I think I really feel for it because I've known people, I've had friends, have friends who are in situations like that, who are trapped. Sometimes they simply don't know how to escape. Sometimes they don't recognize that they need to. But the abuser, it is so easy for someone like me to view them as they're the bad guy, they're the ones who are the cause of all this. But there's another abuser just behind the veil. Because as this world seems to get more and more chaotic, I see people working harder and harder to get control of someone, of something. My life isn't in control, I will control yours. And it might not be that conscious a thought. We are so often not aware of how we're being coerced and manipulated by the enemy, by the one who invented all of this, the one who invented lies, who invented chains, who invented slavery and everything it leads to. We're no longer even in charge of our own thoughts because we've chosen a master who doesn't allow that. But that can be changed. If you're in a situation like that, if you recognize that you are causing a situation like that, if you don't recognize who you're serving, who is really the one making you feel that rage, making you think it's their fault, making you lie and cheat and manipulate just to get your way, whether it's in your family or in your business, 
something that is constantly making you feel like I'm, I'm powerful. I have the upper hand here. I'm the one in charge. Because the enemy certainly doesn't want you to recognize that you're not in charge. None of us are in charge. The only thing we are in charge of is our decision of who we're going to serve. You know, there's legislation against slavery. There's legislation against domestic violence. Does it get rid of the problem? Do you know it's estimated today, today, worldwide, that there are upwards of 30 million slaves in one form or another, whether it's human trafficking, whether it's someone who has been lured out of their own country with the promise of a better life, working in this business, in this home, and when they get there, they discover they're a slave. Their passport is taken. They're trapped. We're all trapped. And you can't legislate against that because you can't legislate morality. All you can do is choose a new master and make that choice today. Introducing Talking Donkey International. God once used a donkey to spread his word, but he'd rather use all of us. Our experienced team has preached, taught, and filmed in countries around the globe. In partnership with you, our mission is to share the life-saving love and hope found only in Jesus Christ with everyone in this lost and dying world. Your financial partnership with Talking Donkey will enable this exciting ministry to proclaim that Jesus is coming soon. It's time to prepare quality programming created to attract and reach viewers of the world. Together, we can carry the final Advent message to the individuals of planet Earth and hasten the return of our Lord. Please pray for and support the successful mission of Talking Donkey International. You know, he has done such a good job across the planet of, of, well, putting things in people's minds that just like he did in heaven, that I'm better, I'm better than you, I'm better than you, I'm better than all these other people, I'm so far superior. I was working in one country. This dear lady, she came, she came to me every day and, and it was kind of weird, you know, I had on my, my slippers and she would come up to me and she'd get down and want to touch my toes and kiss my feet. Well, that just, I didn't want to do that at all, but that's kind of what they're... <laughs> I can understand. <laughs> that's what they show to people they think are higher up. And everybody else, you know, at the compound and in the location thought that was just fine. You know, that she should treat me that way. They approved of her paying homage to you? Oh, absolutely, because she's just a lowly nothing. And one day I went out, I noticed she had nothing on her feet. She had no money to get anything. And I went to the store and I found her a pair of pair of slippers. And the day she showed up, she came up, she was gonna 
she was going to come up and grab my feet and I grabbed her and I lifted her up and I said no you, you stand here you stay stay here and what I did she think was she afraid of you oh yeah she was but I got down and I pulled out out of the bag and I put slippers on her feet and it was like this revelation and everybody around the stand by this time we had a crowd of I don't know 30 40 oh, 50 did they people. have tears in their eyes no it was it was anger and later on they took me aside and they said you know you you come on you you shouldn't be doing that you you shouldn't be doing that at all you were being kind I oh yeah absolutely kind but in their minds and this is this is I got to tell you unfortunately this is people who profess to know Jesus Christ the devil has been so good at creating a situation in the world that he has brainwashed everybody in this situation of slavery. We are all slaves to all of this kind of stuff. But I got to tell you, I, I think about Jesus Christ, my king that got down on his feet and he washed the feet of others to try and touch their hearts. He was the example. That's what we should be like. So I'm still not understanding why they didn't approve of you being so kind to this other woman. Because they're so brainwashed. Absolutely brainwashed. The devil, think they about They thought this. you were lowering yourself. Oh, absolutely. Think about this, Janice. You, you shared what happened in heaven with the, the devil in heaven. The angels of heaven had never been separated from God. Everything was absolutely bliss. Everything was absolutely perfect. And yet one third of those angels left with the devil to come here to planet Earth. One third, who had always been next to the love of God, who knew his character, absolutely loved him. And you go, come on. You know? It's mind boggling that, that you could be with God, that you could have known perfection and ever thought that there was something better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just, you can't hardly explain when Jesus came to Earth here, to, he was the king of the universe. And he said, I really want to show you what God's like. It took so much to get the brainwashing out of everybody's mind that he came to talk to. That, that was one of his acts. He got down on his knees and began washing their feet because they were too hard-hearted. They were in a dinner situation. He said, that one should do it. No, that one should do it over there. I'm not going to wash somebody's feet. Why, I walk next to the master. Because that's what servants do. That's what servants do. And Jesus took off his outer garment, got a towel, a bowl of water, and began washing their feet. And you know, at that moment, it began touching and changing hearts and lives. And that's what needs to happen to us. We need to have that happen in our lives. We do, because I catch myself. Um, this might be news to you, but I'm not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have guessed, right? I catch myself with a thought about someone or not liking the way I think someone just treated me or just dismissed a thought of mine in a meeting, you know, whatever. We have that sinful core of us that is always comparing ourselves to the people around us and kind of wanting to make sure that they know that they're not that great. Yeah. Let me give you an example of, of, well, all the way back in the Garden of Eden, when the devil came and he tricked Adam and Eve, Adam was the prince of this world. God had given this world to, to Adam and to Eve and they gave it all away to the devil. Said, no, no, we believe you, we don't believe God. At that moment, he was the prince of this world. He is to this day. So basically when we're born, as you said, or one of us said earlier, it's in our genes. It's in our genes. Sin, sin, this slavery thing has got a hold of us. We can't get out of it unless God gives us a way 
Adam and Eve were stuck in that garden without getting out until Jesus came to them and said, look, said, I want you to see that little lamb that's grazing nearby. He took a knife and he slit their throat. He said, this is what you Can deserve. Can you imagine how horrifying it was? They'd never First seen that. First time they'd ever seen an animal die. Exactly. And then to have the realization that it was what I did, it was my thoughts, my actions that did that to that lamb. Exactly. He said, Adam and Eve, this is what you deserve. But he said, one day in the history of man, I will come and I will die like that lamb because I can do that. It's in my power to be able to do that for you, to save you, because you can't get out of this mess on your own. We would have had no choice. We would have been slaves forever. Yeah. Can I look something up? There's sure. a verse that I'd like to find that I think, here, Romans 6.22. This is the best news. But now you've been set free from sin and are the slaves of God. Your gain yeah. is a life fully dedicated to Him, and the result is eternal life. And then it goes on to say, for sin pays its wage, death. We've all heard that, the wages of sin yeah. is death. People have to understand, on this world we make a wage, we get paid, but it's the wrong kind of payment because the end is simply death, total eternal separation from God, from life. God just pulls the plug, and that's it. But then there's more to that, isn't there? Oh, there is. You interrupted me. <laughs> Sorry. But God's free gift is eternal life in union with Christ Jesus our Lord. So the wage of sin is death, but what God gives us is free. We don't have to work for it. In fact, we can't. How hard would you have to work to earn something like that? Yeah, we well, can't. No. You absolutely can't. And furthermore, we just can't get out of the mindset. It, it is that Stockholm Syndrome. We are in love with our captors. It, it just, we either don't even recognize that we have a captor, yeah. or we are in love with our captor and think, yeah, this is a much better life. I don't want, you know, God's so restricting. No. You know, Satan has made it so that we actually believe that it's God who's taking away our freedoms and our liberties. He's keeping us from having fun. Yeah. yeah. And it's great point. It's Satan who offers total great freedom. Point. You can make your own decisions. You can do what you want. And that is the way to have life. I've got to read a scripture too because it's in the same area. It's found in Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 28. Jesus said, Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Anybody heavy laden in this world? You know, are you heavy laden? Boy, yeah. <laughs> and I will give you rest. This is the God of the universe saying, I will give you rest. I, I got a feeling that right now, there's very few people that have any rest in this world, things that are going on. And he says, take my yoke on you and learn of me. That was, you know, as you saw the animals going in the field, they've got a yoke and they work together. Well, this is kind of funny though. God says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart and you shall find rest to your souls. When you work together with God, changes everything, it changes everything. And the last part of the verse says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. What a God that we serve and God wants everybody to experience that, to get out of the clutches of the devil, to not be wounded anymore, to not, not be slaves to sin any longer.
know, Janice, I can't help but I look at that sculpture, the, the arms spread out wide to the skies. Jesus said in scripture, he's coming back again. He's coming to take us home. And those that love him, we will stand there and say, this is our God. We have waited for him and he shall save us. That's what God wants to do. He wants to save us out of this world of sin and slave. Indeed. Now, I've got a quick story I want to share with you because I think it I represents... I love your stories. <laughs> I think it represents really what God does for us. It was Janine and I were working in another country and uh, quite a backward country, really. One day I came home from work and Janine has got dinner prepared and we sit down to dinner and she's got tears in her eyes. Honey, she says they're going to sell Bidika. Who is Bidika? Bidika is a sweet little 10-year-old girl. She was nine. And I asked her, I said, well, she turned 10 years old today and now they can legally sell her. She said, you got to be kidding me. They can sell her? Yeah, she said, the family can't afford to keep her so they can sell her as a slave or a prostitute. And I just, I just couldn't believe it. My heart was breaking. And we talked about it. Everybody at the dinner table that night, a lot of the other folks we were with, began talking. And one of the guys that had come with me on many mission trips said, well, why don't you buy her? And <laughs> funny, I never thought about buying somebody. No, I had, who would? But you know, we worked on it and we were able to buy that little girl. And we saved her, you can't even imagine what, but we got her into school, got her a new life, set her free in Jesus Christ. We actually then were able to help the family so they didn't have to sell their other children too. But I think of, that's what Jesus has done for us. He came down here, he died for us, he shed his blood to purchase us, to set us free. And we belonged to him to start with. He was buying back something that had been stolen from him. Yeah, yeah. We, we've got to understand that we're living lives here on the earth. We, <laughs> the devil is holding us captive. You know, there's a verse, Galatians 5.1, and I think this, the way I heard it was from the Good News Bible, but it says, and this is appropriate for all of us, it says, He has given us freedom. Freedom is what we have. Christ has set us free. That's present tense. That's not just some future prob promise that He will set us free. He has set us free. And it goes on to say, so stand as free people. Do not allow yourselves to be taken back as slaves. Amen. Amen. I mean, what you said, present tense, he that has the son has eternal life, not may have, might have, someday going to have. Right. He has what you said, present tense, right now. Grab a hold of Jesus Christ. Friends, look, the devil's got us all captive but we don't have to remain captive with Jesus Christ. He said, come unto me, all you labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Please, today, Janice and I are urging you, this is an opportunity to be set free in Christ in a way you can't imagine. Give your life to him right now. Get down on your knees where you are, it's easy. Just get on your knees and say, Lord, or where you're sitting, or if you can't stand, sit, whatever, wherever you are, say, Lord, please take my life. I can't give it to you, you just take it. And God will answer that prayer. He will change you, He will set you free. Please do it right now. Hey, thanks for joining us for Country Wisdom. See you next time. <laughs>